Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Will you fasten your seatbelts for takeoff, please? Thank you. Kia ora, hello and welcome to Sound Salad, where we toss around all things spoken and all things heard. Brought to you by Audiobooks New Zealand, New Zealand's leading producer of audio content. We hope that you will have a pleasant journey, and if we can add to your comfort in any way, please do not hesitate to press the call bell. Kia ora everybody, I hope that we're all doing well. Welcome back to an episode of Sound Salad. We haven't been around for a little bit, um, taking a bit of a hiatus, doing doing all sorts of other work as what tends to take place when you're, you know, working in the arts in our wonderful country. Um, but today I thought that it would be awesome to retouch base with our founding father, Theo Gibson. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically I wanted to kind of... Um, begin a conversation and sort of maybe alert the the masses um, about something that is already quite prevalent in our industry and is taking off all over the world. Um, so today we'll be chatting about the impending doom that is the use of artificial intelligence and cloned or um, bot voices as replacements for narrators and actors in the audiobook industry. So like I said, I'm here with Theo, who has a breadth of experience in this subject. Um, we're going to share some horror stories. Hopefully he's got some. Uh, things that we've heard are going down in the publishing scene and what we can expect as we move ahead. So here's hoping the layperson or just any human who enjoys listening to long-form content or podcasts or audiobooks um, can maybe eventually become advocates for other humans instead of letting us be taken over by robots. Theo. Hi. Update us, mate. What's going on? <laughs> What's happening? Well, like like you say, I think you know it's been a, it's been a busy wee world since you know uh, we've done a podcast together. Um, uh, you know, it's been an interesting time. It's been a pretty kind of slow, strange year here in New Zealand in the audiobook space, but it's finally heading up again, which is really good to see. Um, but at the same time, it seemed to kind of align itself with this. Hey, AI. You've got this thing, you know, uh, yeah, you know, you should be using it. Oh, I don't know what it is, but it's going to save you money, you know. So um, we're kind of dealing with that now too. So it's, you know, um, it's a good time to have a chat about it to make people kind of aware about what it is and mm -hmm. how it's going to affect your lives and do you want it to affect your lives and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, so perhaps we should sort of, I mean, I guess let's kind of start at the beginning. So um, if if you're an author, you've mm. just spent, you know, blood, sweat, tears and millions and millions of hours um, getting a baby out by way of a book. Um, we've covered before in the past what the sort of process is to um, get your book, your print book made into an audio book. Mm -hmm. um, so how does that process differ now, or what does that look like, for example? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it's still, so it's still the same thing, and it's still the, I still get asked the same questions um, every time anyone makes an audio book. Um, you know, the, the, the average author or publisher um, who hasn't done audiobooks before really doesn't probably understand all the steps involved. So it's the same questions. It's like, you know, how do we do it? How do we record it? How do we cast it? Um, once I've found my voice, how long does it take? Um, so, you know, 
It's 60, 80,000 word audio book. Once we've found the perfect narrator, um, uh, you know, we get them in the, in the booth, uh, we, we record them. They're normally a pro, which means we can kind of go, okay, this is how much it's going to cost you. This is the price, you know, and we're, we're pretty spot on these days with, of, um, uh, being able to hit the mark on that for, um, authors and authors don't, generally have a lot of money or publishers. So they're trying to make it as, as affordable as possible. Yeah. Um, but the reality is there is lots of people involved in the making of an audio book. If you're not doing it yourself, if you're doing it yourself, um, it's going to take you a long time. But mm. if you are going with a team like I work with, you know, uh, you're looking at a kind of production producer, you're looking at a narrator, you're looking at a sound engineer, you might have a proofer, an editor, a you know, a mixer, it can kind of um, get quite big in mm -hmm. terms of all the people involved. And it's many, many hours. So yeah. it's 40 or something like that, 40 hours to get an audio book done. Yeah. So um, that's why it costs a bit of money. And it's not that expensive when you kind of break it down like that. Mm. Um, but people want it cheaper. And people want it cheaper because I guess um, audio books sell quite cheaply. They don't. Yeah, sure. They, they don't. They they, thanks to companies like Audible and and all those digital platforms, people are used to getting order audiobooks quite cheaply. Yeah, um, which doesn't really reflect the cost involved in making those audiobooks. So everyone's yeah. trying to get some money from the making of this fun, fantastic thing. So, um, so it's this tricky thing, and people are seeing AI coming on board, and they're seeing it as a bit of a. Uh, uh, a possibility to shave some money off that price tag that's involved with making an audiobook. And sure. um, they're always trying to save money. Yeah. But what we try and tell people is it doesn't really, at the moment, it doesn't, it doesn't really save you money. And I think you end up with an inferior product, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I listen to lots of audiobooks and I, you know, uh, listening to someone who's got a, who's a well-seasoned professional like yourself, Romy, who, you know, just hits the mark on every scene or chapter or whatever they're reading in that, in that audio book is a beautiful thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, you can't get that with AI. Yeah. <laughs> so realistically, in terms of the process and the production of an audio book, with this introduction of AI, is the narrator or the voice the only thing that is replaced? Well, if you think about it, um, you know, what we're effectively doing is um, with AI, the the way that someone would access it is through a website. So yeah. you're effectively turning your production manager or the person who is loading that information into their AI generator is now becoming the narrator, the sound yeah, right. engineer, the mixer, the master, um, yeah. and maybe the editor as well. So you are condensing all those roles down into this this the operator or the the um the person who in charge of i i don't even know if you loading it in yeah, I, don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know you know you know and then that's all got to be um there will still be require an amount of editing and um post work to that to that book but you know so and then what people need to understand is with these ai generators is that all still costs money mm. Um, so you're still paying, now you're paying an American company rather than your local yeah. industry. You're now paying some American company to spit out some logarithm, uh, algorithm, 
uh, of and uh, and yeah, and that 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 spits it out, and you've got your audio file, and you try and cut it together into an audio book, and yeah. then you hope people like listening to it. Um, yeah, right. I'm waffling. Sorry, I'm just no, no, no. That's, <laughs> it's it's all it's all helpful for us to kind of get a a better understanding of what the full kind of picture is. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think it's going to save people time. Well, no. I mean, it might save you a teeny bit of money, but not. I don't actually think it will save you much money. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. I mean, the the cost for a narrator is a one off cost for their time mm. to come into a studio and to spout mm. spout the story. Really, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I think we were talking before. <clears throat> pardon me. It's so much. It's it's a lot more enjoyable and a lot more creative a process to sit in a studio with an engineer, with an actor or a narrator, and <clears throat> pardon me, and actually go through the living and the telling of the story of something. Totally, right? you're creating. So, you're you're creating a piece of you know fiction. You're creating yeah. the story. You're creating this book. Yeah. You know, you're telling. Yeah. You know. You're creating like this sort of oral. Um, oral cinema, yeah, almost. Absolutely. That's kind of what I like to sort of think of it as, particularly knowing that um, a lot of our audience, while people, while a lot of people just do prefer audiobooks because of lack of time or whatever, mm. there's also a lot of people that actually kind of rely on audiobooks to get their storytelling, you totally. know, with dyslexia or vision impairments or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I kind of, I've, we've been. It's been quite a big topic of discussion at my other workplace, Blind Low Vision NZ, um, because a lot of the periodicals that we do, which are magazines, um, they have been reverted to using AI. So us narrators and actors are really only in there for novels or for story, you know, for New Zealand content primarily. Um, but my question is always sort of set around you know, I mean, it's it's it, it's one thing to listen to an AI voice and for it to be impressively human, human-like. Yes. But it's another thing for you to listen to that voice for like sometimes eight to 13 hours. And I've kind of been mulling it over in my head and just sort of with regards to how I would approach um, members or just in general any audiobook audience. And the question that I would probably pose is, you know, do you want to listen to Moby Dick narrated to you by Siri? Yeah. You know, like people don't people don't gather around a heat pump. They gather around a fireplace, for God's sake. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. there's been this, I don't know, we can hearken back to ye old if we want to, but, um, yeah. you know, notoriously storyteller. I mean, it's culturally, it's inherent in where we're from. Um, a whole language has been passed down by way of oral tradition. But you know, coming coming into a conversation like this one where mm. I understand that there are, I mean, it's not just um, artists' jobs that could potentially be taken or, you know, that we could be replaced. It's sort of like, okay, well, if AI can do my taxes for me, then have at it. Awesome. But I actually quite like my accountant and it yeah. would be pretty shit, to be honest, if he then lost his job. Yeah. You know, you know so yeah. it's kind of like it's... Yes, it's a it's a potent threat for mm. the entertainment industry, but mm. the introduction and um, normalization of AI is something that I think is is quite threatening in general. Yes, in a human sense, right? Like, what's your yeah. sort of take yeah. on that? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, you need to. I think we need to think even more closely now about how our data and what we. Um, 
we hand over um, these days and how how that how that's used. You know, yeah. I mean, um, you know, so everything is theoretically can be harvested in some way these days. So you know, we've got AI image generators that people use for book covers in the indie industry, for example. Yeah, yeah. We have um, AI, you know, Chat Chat GPT. Right, yeah. you know, um, so, you know, when you're uploading your book to uh, an ebook platform, are they are they scanning that and looking at your writing style? You know, there's, um, you know, uh, Apple recently. I haven't tried it out, and I don't know if I will, to be honest. But yeah. Apple apparently, you can load your voice into uh, Siri, so you can uh, have yourself. Really? Yes, you can have yourself reading to you as the Siri voice, right? And then you've got to ask yourself, that sounds fun. Yeah, I'll try that out. Okay, but um, who owns who owns that now? Now that yeah. I've given my voice to my phone, but it's going into Apple's service to be processed and spat back to me through Siri, who, own, who owns me? Yeah. You know, um, and the same I worry wow. about in, in the audiobook industry, and that's one of my concerns is, uh, you know, just the replication of uh, some of our fantastic mm. actors in this country's voices. You know, I don't yeah. want to – we've already heard some horror stories, haven't we, of, of, uh, of people's voices being used without their permission. Mm. So um, it would be interesting to see how that's policed and how you can do that if possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was sitting in the – in the bath the other day, and I went, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build a platform that polices this stuff, but it's just it's impossible on a level because yeah. the internet's quite a big thing. Scanning, it is quite big. And yeah. scanning the internet for uh, uh, audio uh, samples would be quite hard. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think I've even heard of, um, oh, like, what was it? I think I heard it through my agent, I think, um, my voice agent. There was an instance where... Um, there was for 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 a commercial job, mm. um, and commercial jobs for those of you out there um, are things like you know you hear um, radio ads on in your car. You hear um, you know Briscoe's Lady, for example. You can see her on TV. She's yeah. also she also does all the vo the commercial voiceovers for that brand. Yeah. I do um, voiceovers for Chorus, Auckland University, all of that sort of stuff, right? So um, when you're representing a brand, when you're putting your name to that brand, you get paid for that because it's a job. Yeah. It's an advertising job, and there are a lot of people in advertising yeah. make a lot more money than people that are actually doing the voicing of anything to do with their products. It's true. That's just a side yes. note. Yeah. But um, mm -hmm. um, there was an instance where uh, an agency had taken one of our Australian talent voices and one of the Kiwi talent voices and fused them. Weird. So they were sort of similar enough in kind of timbre and tone yeah. to get away with it. Yeah. Um, but the question then becomes, who do you, who do you invoice? It's neither of their voices. Yes. It's both of them. Yes. Therein lies the rub, yes. right? You know, it's sort of yeah. like goes just goes back to your question before of like, you know, if you were to put your voice in your own phone to go, mm. I'd like to navigate my way to mm. Christchurch, thanks, you know, mm. or whatever. Um, who owns that? Mm. Is it even still your IP? Like mm. it's it's it is it is your bodily business, right? Mm. But for people mm. that aren't in our industry that aren't aware of how that sort of thing is monetized, mm. you know, like we'll we'll narrate 
either a long-form text, like an audiobook, which goes by word count yeah. and or time and time hours. Time in the studio. Time yeah. in the studio. Finished, finished hours. Finished hours, yeah. So like rec- um, finished recorded hours versus the time that you actually take to do it, which mm. can sometimes differ drastically. Mm. Um, whereas for something commercial, it's like you have a 30-second ad, a 15-second ad, and a 6-second mm. ad, generally. But you're associated with Coca-Cola or something. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So you're, yeah. yeah. It's um yeah it's a pretty yeah one of the one of the um horror stories that I was referencing with Theo earlier was um I mean there's obviously there's the big actors strike and things like that happening in the US there's a lot of horror stories coming out of that where people have been cloned like their faces have been cloned mm. to just be filler in backgrounds um, people have walked onto set and had um, people photograph them from all different angles and then they're never ever asked for again to come on the set. So they're paid for that one day of job of, of work, but they appear in about 50 different scenes in a film. Mm. Um, same thing with their voices. The likeness mm. of their voices is being taken. Um, but yeah, one specific instance was um, Stephen Fry's voice from the fact that he's got... God, what would it be? In the six Harry Potter books, seven Harry Potter books, there'd be... Th- a lot th- of like words. Thousands, yeah, right. So who... <laughs> yeah. So somehow they managed to, you know, clone a library of his voice and... Mm. Um, he just found out through you, the ether, and it's kind of like, well, you shit, don't need that's a, you know, Yeah, you don't need a lot to clone a voice. That's the reality. So I mean, what, the more you have, process? the more you can clone. Right. So there's a few out there at the moment um, where, you know, with five minutes, we can get a rough guesstimation of your 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 voice, which is spooky, right? Five not, minutes. You know, it's not a lot. That's like a few so pages, So someone's right? audio sample on the website, on their agent's website, you know. Far out. Um. And you wouldn't have it. So with regards to just going back to what you said about your your bath epiphany yeah. um, <laughs> coming up, like being the audio police. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I love that. I would hard. I, I would back that hard. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, what what is in in your knowledge like how, how with regards to policing regulating? Mm. What does that look like? Like what would that sort of entail for you to well, I mean, actually you know, do something like that. You know, I mean, uh, a lot of it's legal, right? A lot of it's legal. It's, yeah. it's just being aware of your rights and knowing that yeah, if right. you, as a as a voiceover artist, um, you know, I was thinking about it just yesterday. I need to put a clause in there in our audiobook contract saying, you know, we will not be generating, creating uh, digital copies of your yeah. voice for AI generation, you know, just so that anyone we work with knows that we're not going to go and zip off and, 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 um, you know, we've got to add that into our contracts. But so you, you, you as a voiceover artist need to be aware that, you know, that's not written into your contract that yeah, they yeah. can't go and go, okay, if we can't get you in the studio on Thursday, we're just going to replicate your voice and, um, you know, record something else yeah. uh, just using this this AI generator. Or actually, no, we're just going to get you in one day and use you for the entire campaign. That's all got to, you've got to really know your rights with that, I think, yeah. is the way to start. And then I think at some stage we'll get some way of being able to, Police it in some way. There will yeah, yeah. have to be, but audio is a tricky thing. It's yeah. like you said. Like if you're blending two voices together and it's very similar. Yeah. How do you monetize? Yeah. That? And I mean, uh, you listen to a recording of your own voice and you're like, oh, I don't sound like that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has an idea of how they sound. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. <laughs> 
actually. Yeah, really good point. Yeah. Um, okay, so going back um, just to something that you mentioned earlier, obviously um, the sort of um, individual um, author or mm. someone who's either self-published or not, to be honest. Um, mm. You know, I know that a lot of, I know that publishing houses are kind of erring towards um, the use of AI and things like that as well. So what would you typically say to someone who came to you with the assumption that that they would like to use an AI voice, that they believe that it's going to save them money, that, um, you know, that they've already spent X, Y, Z amount of money on the publishing of their book, all of those sorts of things. Yes. Um, what would be your kind of rebuttal in a, in a, um, in a technical and like production sense, but then also in your own kind of moral or ethical yeah, sense, yeah. like just in terms of how you actually feel about that. Oh you know, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I, I just think, you know, we've got such a small industry in this area anyway. Yeah. Um, in New Zealand and, you know, New Zealanders love embracing new tech and um, yeah. I've been, I'm guilty of doing it as well. I love, always have, you know, I've worked in this kind of, in the the digital side of the arts for many years, you yeah, know, sure. um, in many fields and, um, but it doesn't mean you always, we're getting to the stage where you don't have to. Uh, it's a choice whether mm. you go down that road and, um, and by paying sound engineers here and by working with narrators here, you're not only um, creating a better product for the, you know, um, but you're also, um, you know, creating this skill set that is actually really, really valuable. And yeah. the amount of people I work with who go, oh, I can do it all myself. Yeah, it's it's all it's all good. And, um, you know, they record in their, like, they jump on the internet and they research their things and they buy their thing and they record their recordings and it's all a mess because they've never done it before and they've lost all their files and they're all labeled something random and then they get it to the, they try and edit it and it's complete mess and they bring us this kind of bunch of pieces and say, can you stitch it all back together? And it's taken them five times as long as it would yeah. if they'd just come in the studio. Um, and um, yeah, I just think... It's just, it may, it, I just think it's better to work with, with actual people and this, this sort of stuff at the end of the day. Mm. It's a much more enjoyable experience for everyone. You've got creative control. Um, you can, you know, you can call up your, as an author, you can call up your engineer or your narrator. You know, we always like to put our narrators and authors in contact with each other yeah, before yeah. they do these books so they can go, hey, when you wrote that chapter about, you know, Debbie walking the dog, what did you actually mean when you said da, da, da? So the narrator understands what they're, they're, what they're reading and what they're trying to convey in that chapter. Is, and we're emotional beings, right? Mm. You know, we hear so much in a human's voice. And especially those who are who um, are blind or rely on that as um, uh, as their only source of kind of um, uh, input in the area, you know, uh, you just you just you get so much so much back from that, yeah. and I and I don't think that can be underestimated, and I don't think we should sterilize. Uh, uh, our audio, our audio, our stories. I don't think it's a wise move, but um, mm. and the reality is, it is going to get better. Yeah. Um, it's here to stay. Eh? It's here to stay. It's not yeah. going anywhere. Um, uh, and but you're not going to get the 
random humanity that you would with the actual person. I yeah. mean, yeah. you can hear when someone's reading a scene and they're enjoying a scene, uh, reading a chapter and they're yeah. enjoying it and they're smiling and it's really funny and you're kind of, you're you're tuning into that narrator and you're listening to that fantastic writing. You know. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, we were talking before as well about... Um, you know, for example, if you really want to, um, you know, re read your child a bedtime story, but you're a terrible reader, you know, but um, potentially having a Judy Dench sounding reader to read your no, narrator to 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 read a bedtime story to your child, you know, like to yeah, I just in terms of being devil's advocate, it's like I can see where it sits in a in a way, provided mm. that Judy was paid. Let's yeah, be yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I, I can definitely see where where it sits to benefit. Um, a lot of demographics, actually, um, but yeah, I have to. I have to say the the actual, you know, I mean, I've 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 heard a lot of AI voices now. For mm. example, our members can access not only different, you know, gendered voices, but um, accents from all over the world: Scottish accents, um, Indian accents, Asian accents from every single derivative of village. If you would like to go that far, they can. That's mm. how pretty you know, intensely awesome the software is. Although I don't believe there's an AI for Māori yet. So, you know, yeah. we've still got that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, um, I wonder how long. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's, it. it is ever increasingly intelligent is a reason why it's called that, right? Um, mm. So my, I suppose listening to it and I've, you know, as I have done quite a bit over the past wee while, as we've been slowly being phased out from our work. Um, and obviously something like a magazine, it's been through 15 editors or whatever, right? So um, an AI that's programmed to recognize commas, exclamation marks, full stops, um, it can deliver with a certain amount of internet of of inflection and things like that, it it can deliver in you know quite a convincing humanoid sort of way. Mm. Um, but if you get pieces of text like that uh, that have been made uh, written by an indie, independent author that hasn't gone through fifteen editors and mm. oftentimes a whole phrase makes oh, yeah. absolutely no sense, the yes. AI literally just reads it word for word, yes. and the listener experience is completely. Disjointed. And disjointed because a human hasn't been able to read mm. it and go, I know exactly what you're trying to say, yeah. or being able to contact the author and go, what were you trying to say? Yeah. Um, to actually do justice to delivering their story. If, totally. they, if, if they weren't, for whatever reason, able to, you know, write it yeah. in a way that and I mean, you know, you it know, doesn't need a proofer, <laughs> for example. Yeah. But the one thing that I think listening to all of those AIs is mm. Again, you know, listening to it for 10, 15 minutes on your phone to help you get to a place on a map, one thing. But an audiobook is like but anywhere between 6 and 25 hours sometimes, you know, like that's a lot of mm. someone's ear just hearing something that invariably, no matter how good they are, does sound fake. Every single time it comes to a full stop, mm. the inflection down is always the same. Mm. So you could be talking about a scene, for example, where um, someone is jumping out of a freezing cold ocean at five in the morning yeah. and is really exhilarated and exciting, yeah. um, or where we were transporting my father's body to the funeral. And the intonation, sorry, the, the inflection is, is exactly the same. Yeah. So one thing that I think it lacks that I 
you know, am hoping it takes a very, very long time for it to be able to replicate or generate is breath mm. and the nature of performance <laughs> and what breath actually gives to performance. Like when it yeah. says someone sighs in a text yeah. at a specific point and you yeah. can sigh. Yeah. Like we breathe with other humans, you yeah. know. I mean, yeah. if you're. And if, we understand those pauses and why they may be extra long. Totally. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, There's not, I haven't heard an AI yet <laughs> that is able to actually perform. Yeah. Something, whether it's a clone of a very famous voice, whether yeah. it is a you know a really well generated version of a fusion of multiple different famous voices or any yeah. of those things, I, um, yeah. But uh, uh, along that line, there's a kind of ethical conundrum that sits in that for me, which is, um, that you might have the exact same inflection and tone and delivery while you're listening to a banana cake recipe as you would if you were listening to a scene of graphic sexual violence, for example. Yes, yes. That's problematic in a lot of ways. Um, and how then also, again, with the policing and regulating side of things, yeah. how, I mean, like an AI could pick up on certain curse words and stuff, sure, but an entire sequence, like it doesn't comprehend, does it? No. It can't understand, yeah. but it can regurgitate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... The whole censorship side of thing. I mean, like, you know, would you want your kid going through your phone going, I want to listen to Judy Dench's bedtime stories yeah. and landing on something like that it yeah, yeah, would be yeah. catastrophic, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It would be very, very damaging in some yeah, instances. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is that, in, in your knowledge, is there any capacity with regards to the rate of uptake and the, the speed of the development of this intelligence, do you think, for it to sort of be able to discern what it's actually reading? No, it's not that smart. It's just reading whatever it's fed, right? So, I mean, at the end, yeah. of, the, end of the day, it's just, it's just a, it's a cloning tool. It's a, it's like a, it's like a photocopier for the voice, isn't it? It's yeah, something right. something like that in a way. Um, it's, it, it's, it's being loaded with its rules and how humans talk and, you know, if I'm given this, I should say this, you know. Yeah. So it's about the user and what they're loading into it. And um, and that's, I guess, the scary point, isn't it? You know, you can then make anybody say anything. Mm. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Jeepers. Jeepers. That's, um, but, I mean, where it gets, inter you know, where it gets not interesting, but slightly i you know you know if we we think about the voice in our industry mm. <clears throat> um you know what we probably don't realize is we're already talking to ai generated voices with a bit of smarts and yeah. that's when you ring up your bank or you ring up um your customer support for your phone company good point yeah um that's already started kicking in and you know back in the day we used to go you know Please, you know, one of those stupid questions they was used to ask you something that, you know, please say where you live, you know, oh, to yeah, confirm yeah. who you are. Well, you're going to be getting me answering the phone going, hi there, yeah, can just um, confirm for me where you live? And I'm a, I'm a bot, right? Yeah. I'm not a person. So you think you've been thinking, talking to Theo at Two Degrees or whatever company, you know, yeah. um, but you're not. And that's already yeah. starting to creep into our lives, right? Um, So that's where it gets... There's a whole different level. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's um, it's changing. <clears throat> but mm. again, that is set by that has a very set um, uh, 
you know, uh, set answers and responses. Yeah, yeah. You know. And it can't. So if you go can't... outside that and go, well, look, just fucking get me your supervisor. Sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I yeah. Don't, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I suppose, I mean, yeah, there's a whole other sort of conundrum in the in that sense, right, is that it's only able to know what it knows from yeah. what it's been fed. Yes. So I guess also in that vein, when it comes to, you know, AI action, you know, people using ChatGPT or whatever to, mm. to write their cool indie novel mm. and then to narrate or whatever, right? Yeah. Like it's say, I'd love to write a book. I'd love it to be sort of like Shutter Island, but yeah, with a yeah, nun yeah. who's yeah. got a dark past and blah, blah, blah. You know, you feed yeah. it all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then out it spurts with something, right? Um, yeah. If it's only drawing from what it's able to draw from, mm. then that kind of stands to reason with me that a lot of the work that's been happening over the past sort of decade or two decades, well, longer, oh, let's be honest, with regards to... Um, making sure that Indigenous stories are heard or making sure that um, LGBTQI plus work, like work is, is being, you know, publicised, is being put out there. Yeah. Realistically, it's going to be drawing from a very Arthur Miller, Ibsen kind of, yes, um, yes. Im, kind of imposed body yeah. of, of, of work, right? Yeah. So realistically, before, before it starts to feed into its own narratives any of those any of that kind of rhetoric from those more minority groups mm. it's going to be pulling from what it knows which is the internet which is largely informed by mm. with regards to literature anyway it's mm. largely informed by um that sort of um you know 20s to 90s <laughs> white men writing right you know which is yeah. there's nothing wrong with don't yeah, get me yeah, wrong yeah, I, I, yeah. you know I, whole breadth of work. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, um, I just, I, I, I find that quite fascinating that, you know, um, while there is so much fight and so much activism about making sure that, you know, we're really propelling minority groups, it's kind of like we're almost going to go backwards before we can go forwards with regards to the AI version of that. Yes. In a way, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I'm pretty sure they can't understand <laughs> macrons and stuff. Well, but, but, yeah. with regards to the thing of saying, you know, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's not an AI for Maori language. I yeah, think, I think that. they're working on one. But, um, yeah. you know, I mean, even that in itself is a complicated, any language. Yeah, yeah. That's a huge that's quagmire. That's a whole eh? huge thing. <laughs> that's a whole huge thing, yeah. right? Like every tribe has their own kind of version of, you know, certain words. You know, like yeah. it's it's massive. Um and if we and if we jump on it too quickly, we we have this. Uh, we're going to sterilize ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> totally. We're all just become going to become this um, weird society of. Uh, no, no, it's not <laughs> bad. I don't <laughs> no, think we're going to get that bad at all. Robot, but yeah. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying. Yeah. Look, it's a t you know, it's a tool. Mm. It's a tool, and it's going to be handy in some situations. Um, you know, if you're, you know, you've recorded something and the narrator is okay with it and you pay them for their yeah. voice and you can't get them in the studio and you um, you use a voice generator to record, do that sample and it's for your film or whatever, great, okay? That's yeah. all legit, right? Like if you talk about if you're doing an audiobook and same situation, the mm -hmm. narrator can't come back in the studio for the pickups and you have paid them to use a certain amount of their voice for yeah. that one project 
and they're okay with it and you can fit in a couple of sentences of their voices sample and you you know, delete that sample of their voice. You don't keep it on archive. Yeah. Um, it is owned by you for that moment in time while you till you make the finished product and then it yeah. is discarded. Cool. Mm. You know, that's all above board. It's yeah. the it's the um if it if you're gonna use if you think you're going to replace people completely, I don't think so. Mm. I really don't think so. And you don't? that's hopeful. Uh well, <laughs> no, no, I look, maybe. Well, it's great. Like because yeah. I because I agree. I, I personally agree. I think you know, ma- but. I think I think you I think I think you could replace people. The mm. question is, should you replace people? Um, yeah. And I think if you were to add, if you were to have a person and you played them an audiobook or whatever it is, we're talking about audiobooks because that's yeah. what we do. Um, and you said, okay, what would you prefer? You know, Romy reading this book or digital Romy reading this book? Mm. You're going to notice a difference, right? Yeah. And you're going to hear a difference, and the performance is going to be better, and you're going to enjoy it more. It's going to mm. be worth the money that you spend on it. It's going to be worth more than the money you spend on it, actually. Yeah. You know, um, and um, that's the point, right? You know, they're so cheap at the moment. But um, uh, but if we if we do go down that digital route, I just I just think we're going to lose a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's the kind of you know the 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 whole point is to try and sort of convince people before we do lose all of that lot, you know. Mm. Um, before there's no one in the country who knows what they're doing. Well, exactly, you know, um, um, that, that, that there is that there is actually a quite a genuine threat around it. And it always comes back down to money, right? It generally yeah, it, always does. Unfortunately, it does. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's sort of, it's one of those frustrating and ironic things that, um, you know, anyone working in the arts has always been a more minority or vulnerable voice to try and protect anyway or yes. to try and, you know, forge ahead and continue to mm. earn a living, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, it's just, it's not like we're not used to fighting for yeah, work yeah, and things, yeah. particularly in a country like ours. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think it's um, the more that we can kind of educate people who are everyday listeners of radio, podcasts, audiobooks, any of those things, mm. um, the more that we can kind of get the word out there that it is a really genuine threat, um, that obviously it may be a bit cheaper, but it's not going to be anywhere near as awesome. Mm. Um, and yeah, we just kind of uh, coach people to, um, you know, obviously what you were saying, a lot of the kind of um, continued sustainable use of human voices is in and around kind of human honesty as well, like, right, <laughs> by saying, cool, I'm only yeah. going to use your voice for this, I'm going to discard it, yeah, all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. There's a there's a certain amount of humanity and ethics that are involved in actually retaining mm. what small semblance of an industry we have here with regards yeah. to that, which yeah. is um, which is interesting. Right. Yes. And I mean, there's, a, there's always going to be the people who are going to use it for nefarious purposes. Yeah. So you've yeah. just got to protect yourself yeah. as an artist. Indeed. And um, if you are an author that is uh, interested in getting your book translated or um, in, into an audiobook um, or made into an audiobook, then um, yeah, one would just hope, shall we say, <laughs> that, uh, that, that when you do approach the O or when you do approach Audiobooks NZ, that um, you don't necessarily um, 
need to subscribe to 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 the narrative that it is going to save you heaps and heaps and heaps of money or time or any of those things to use an AI voice. The process is quite complex and quite um, uh, just it it adds a lot of steps that with the inclusion of human beings, you don't have to think about or worry about or deal with. Um, least of all the actual, you know, success of the storytelling and the effectiveness of the storytelling. Um, is there anything else that you want to say on the matter, Theo, in any in any way? I don't think so. I think that, that, that's about it. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's an ever-evolving thing. Yeah. You know, who knows what tomorrow will bring with it all. So we, we're all just watching it as much as everybody else is and we're going to see yeah. where it goes. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's a very, very Just good point. Just support local, that's what I always say, yeah. you know? <laughs> support local, yeah. I was um, <laughs> chatting with someone who uh, knew someone who worked in AI, in AI and, yeah. you know, building of all of this robotic junk. Yeah. And um, awesome, great work. Not <laughs> not dashing anyone. But um, uh, she asked him and she was like, hey, so, you know, where do you think you'll be with the whole AI vocal delivery thing in a year? Yeah. And he just said, and I think this is a mm. dashing note to end on, um, but... He just said, mate, we don't know where we're going to be in a week. Yeah. So, which is kind of equally exciting and daunting to yeah. say. But, I mean, yeah. it is, it's, it's, it's extravagantly exciting and it's, um, it's, it's formidable and it's, um, you know, incredibly impressive. But I think, you know, should, should not be without its, um, you know, the opposite side of that coin and yeah. how that kind of impacts us as people and yes. what and, and and what we expect when it comes to how we absorb our content and how we totally. how we make our content. Yeah. Awesome. Well we could talk for hours, but <laughs> I think we'll probably leave it there. Thanks very much for tuning in. Um please do get in touch if you've got um any further kind of talking points on this particular subject and um and or if you'd like to hear anything more or from anyone else in particular on this subject. Thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Thanks a lot for joining us. I'm Romy Hooper. You've been listening to Sound Salad for all things spoken and all things heard. To hear more Sound Salad episodes, visit www.soundsalad.co.nz. This podcast was brought to you by my gold sponsor, Audiobooks New Zealand. Check out their library at www.audiobooksnz.com. your comfort in any way, please do not hesitate to press the call bell.